Hello everyone. Thank you for joining me here on Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. And if this is your first time joining, here we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand what we're reading and then we make an application to our lives. And I post a new video by Wednesday of every week. So last week we were on, uh, we covered Exodus chapter 23. And in that chapter, we learned more instructions that God had for his people. Uh, God established three feasts that he wanted his people to start uh, observing uh, every single year. And also, God promised that his presence would be with his chosen people. So that was in Genesis, I mean, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 23. Today, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 24, where Israel will accept all of these rules and regulations and accept the covenant that they have with God. Possibly we might start on Exodus chapter 25. I'm not sure, but we might get to get there, Lord willing. We'll just see how it goes. So let's just begin with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Dear Lord, we just come before you humbly, Lord God, and we just, Lord, we're just honored. We're honored for the privilege to study your word. Oh God, don't let us take your word lightly. Father, always cause us to recognize, Lord God, the power that's in your word. We thank you for this new year, 2024. We thank you for new beginnings. We thank you for new blessings. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to draw us closer to you. Father, we just ask that in this new year that you would help us to read our, our Bibles more, help us to pray more, God, and draw us closer to you. Lord, you said we have not because we ask not. And I'm asking not only for myself, but on behalf of all those that are listening, all those that will listen, Lord, that you would draw us closer to you. We want to know you more, Lord. We want to be closer to you. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I don't know about you, but that was my New Year's resolution. Uh, Lord, I want to... Uh, read your Bible more. I want to uh, study your word. Read your Bible more, Lord. I want to pray more. Uh, have a, pr a prayer life. I, I do have a prayer life. But how many people know we can always improve upon where we are? None of us have arrived. We're not all there. Uh, and things could always be better. Uh, so we want to have a, a, a tighter, closer prayer life with him. You know, Jesus walked and talked with his father on a regular basis. Uh, they were one, and we want to come into that same kind of union with God, where we're always in constant contact with him, amen, and we want to just get closer to him, so so that's a, a resolution that we can have that's achievable, because the Holy Spirit can help us to do that, amen, so we're not asking something that's impossible, uh, don't try and get be defeated, uh, right, if you ask, well, I'm, I'm praying for that, but that's not going to happen, no, don't say that, Ask in faith because God hears your prayers. And if you want to get closer to him, he's going to make sure you get closer to him. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's just go on with our lesson. We are going to be in Exodus chapter 24. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And we're going to start in verse 1. Now, here in Exodus chapter 24, uh, 
Moses Moses has been uh, talking with God. He's been, he's in the presence of God. God's given him more instructions. So here in chapter twenty four is kind of a continuation of those instructions. In verse one, he tells him. He said, "Then the Lord instructed Moses, come up here to me and bring along Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of Israel's elders. All of you must worship from a distance." Only Moses is allowed to come near to the Lord. The others must not come near, and none of the other people are allowed to climb up the mountain with him. So these are further instructions God's telling Moses, because he's already talking to Moses and giving him a whole lot of instructions. Uh, we saw in uh, chapter 23, and and he's telling him further, he says, okay, I want you to go down and get the 70 elders and bring back up Nadab and Abihu um, and Aaron and uh, come up here to worship me. And also notice that um, even though he's bringing them up, we're going to see that they could not get close, as close to God as Moses could. They could only go so far, but Moses uh, was going to go get even closer to God and go further than they would. In verse 3, it said, Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations the Lord had given him. So what, what instructions is he, is he repeating to them? From chapter 20 to chapter 23, starting with the Ten Commandments and uh, all the other instructions God broke down in those uh, following chapters up to chapter 23, this is what Moses uh, repeated to the people. All the people answered with one voice after they heard all these instructions that Moses gave them, Ten Commandments and, and the whole lot. says, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. Hmm. They sound like they're very excited and full of zeal, right? Hmm, has that ever been us? You know, be full of zeal when we hear the word or on Sunday when we go to church and amen, hallelujah, but then Monday comes around and sometimes I don't know where the zeal goes. So we need to make sure that uh, we do what we say and we be, and that we are obedient to the Lord and to the word of God. Verse 4 says, Then Moses carefully wrote down all the instructions, all the Lord's instructions, now, I want you to see this. Moses wrote them down. Early the next morning, Moses got up and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and also set up 12 pillars, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent some of the young Israelite men to present burnt offerings and to sacrifice bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Now, this is, this is a way of worshiping God. This is how they're worshiping the Lord. Moses drained half the blood from these animals, from the sacrifices that they, that they made. He drained half of the blood from these animals into basins. The other half he splattered against the altar. And as you read this, uh, we find out that uh, one of the commentators said that the splattering of the blood uh, against the altar, according to the NIV, the blood sprinkled on the altar represented and symbolized God's forgiveness and acceptance of their offering. So that was a way of, of, showing, of, of showing how God had accepted the offerings that they were just presenting to him. Amen. So he took half of it, of the blood from the animals and put it into basin. The other half he splattered against the altar, showing that God had accepted it. Verse 7, then he took the book of the covenant and read it aloud to the people. 
So he's calling the book of the covenant. Remember in verse uh, four, we said Moses carefully wrote down all those instructions where everything that he wrote down was from chapter 20 to 23, all these instructions that we just read about. And he's calling it the book of the covenant. So he read that all again aloud to the people. And again, they all responded. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Verse 8. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over, over the people, declaring, Look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. So not only did he splatter the blood on the altar, which showed that God had accepted the sacrifices that they made to him, the animals that they sacrificed, but Moses also splattered it, splattered some blood on the people, which was confirming the covenant with them. Verse 9. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. So he's doing just what God told him to do. God told him to go down and bring them all up, and he's bringing them up. And I just want you to remember, too, these 70 elders, I think it was Exodus chapter 18, where uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came to him and told him uh, that he needed some help because Moses was trying to do all the work on his own. And Jethro, with his words of wisdom, told him, you need some help and and have, and have break it down and, and have all these uh, uh, people uh, report to other people so that, and if they can't resolve the matter, then they bring it to you. So Moses listened to Jethro, obviously, because he's he's got 70 elders here that climbed up the mountain, probably as a result of, I'm sure as a result of Jethro's uh, words of wisdom to him. Then in verse 10, there they saw the God of Israel. Now this is talking about the 70 elders, Moses and his brother Aaron, and Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu. Those are both Aaron's sons. There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet, there seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue. And this and this says uh, lapis lazuli. And in the, New King, in the King James Version, it says uh, sapphire stone. That appeared to be a brilliant blue sapphire stone. As clear as the sky itself. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. So even though, uh, you know, because there's some scriptures say you can't see God and no man can look on the face of God and live. Well, God didn't show them his whole self, but he showed them part of his glory. And the part that they saw, God didn't kill them because he allowed them to see it. And then they ate a covenant meal with him. Now this covenant meal is interesting because this is how covenants were confirmed. This is like part of the covenant. Once you make a covenant with someone in, in the Old Testament, uh, to seal that covenant, you end with the meal. And so they have made a covenant with God uh, that they're going to do everything he says and follow all his commandments and be his holy people. And since they made this covenant to seal the covenant, they they're going they're having a meal. They're sitting down and they're eating with God. Now, did God sit down at the table? No, but his presence was there. You know, he, he didn't literally sit down in a seat because God is a spirit. But he was, uh, they were eating and drinking in his presence, so he was with them.
in verse 12. Oh, and I also want you, I thought about something uh, else the other day when I was me meditating kind of on the scripture, how covenants are uh, celebrated and how they are concluded with a celebration or with a feast or with a meal. And, I, and, I, and then my mind went to our weddings that we have, even in our day and time, because sometimes we do things and we don't even know where it came from. But uh, this could possibly have been the origin of what, the way we have a wedding. Then after the bride and groom has, has made their covenant with each other, they've committed to each other, then we have a re reception or a meal. We have a, a meal together. And that's the same thing that they were doing here to confirm the covenant, to celebrate the oneness, to celebrate the covenant. They had a meal. And, and I was just saying how we kind of still do that with our wedding receptions. You know, the bride and groom made a covenant with each other. We celebrated with the meal at the reception. Isn't that cool? Verse 12 said, then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain, stay there, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and commands so you can teach the people. Now, God already verbally gave Moses uh, and the people the Ten Commandments because how many people know when he, when he, uh, when God spoke the Ten Commandments, the people heard it because that's why after they heard the Ten Commandments, they told Moses, hey, we don't really want to hear from God because they were petrified because the mountain was shaking and uh, they were hearing all these, this, this thundering and lightning and they were just scared to death. So we don't want to hear, you go and talk to God and then you tell us what he said. But they, they did apparently hear the Ten Commandments being given. So God has spoken the Ten Commandments to Moses and he had written them down. But now God is going to, he told him, he wanted him to come up. He said, then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain, stay there. And I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and the commands so you can teach the people. So I'm going to give it to you in writing, Moses. Verse 13, we're on uh, Exodus 24, 13. So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out. And Moses climbed up the mountain of God. Moses told the elders, these are 70 elders, he said, stay here and wait for us until we come back. So Aaron and her, Aaron and her are here with you. If anyone has a dispute while I'm gone, consult with them. Still following the order that uh, Jethro had, um, had given him. You know, that if, if anybody has a problem, then they take it to the, to the higher person, to the next person in charge. So he left Aaron and her in charge and told the elders that if any, if they have any issues that they can't resolve, bring it to Aaron and her. So Aaron and her are going to act in the stead of Moses to make the final decisions. Verse 15. Then Moses climbed up the mountain and the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from inside the cloud to the Israelites at the foot of the mountain, the glory of the Lord appeared at the summit like a consuming fire. So the people were at the bottom of the mountain, the Israelites, they couldn't come up the mountain. So all the people at the bottom and for, for them looking up, all they saw was fire. They just saw a consuming fire. Then Moses disappeared into a into the cloud as he climbed higher up the mountain. He climbed, he remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. 
So you have the people at the foot of the mountain who couldn't come up the mountain at all. Then you have uh, the 70 elders and Aaron, uh, Nadab and Abihu uh, that came up a little bit higher. And then God calls Moses even further because he said, come on up higher. I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments written down. So Joshua and, and Moses go a little further because Joshua was like Moses' assistant. You see how Joshua's in training to be the next leader? So uh, Joshua and Moses went a little bit further, but Joshua couldn't even go all the way with Moses. So Joshua at some point stopped, and then Moses went deeper and higher into the clouds. And he's up here for 40 days and 40 nights. And what he's doing up here for 40 days and 40 nights, we're going to read in chapter 25, uh, he's going to be getting instructions about the tabernacle. Okay, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. There were some things I want to bring out um, that we just read about. One thing I, I want to bring out is the fact that Moses was a mediator between God and the children of Israel. Now, who else do we know is a mediator? Jesus. Jesus is our mediator between us and God. He's the one that connected us back to our father through his blood, through the death of the, on the cross. Then Moses, in verse 3, it said, Moses told the people all the instructions the Lord had given him, and they agreed to do all that the Lord had instructed. So, just as a reminder, there were a lot of instructions that God gave them. Uh, in chapter 20, they had the Ten Commandments. In chapter 20, they also he also gave them instructions on, on the proper use of altars. In chapter 21, he gave them instructions on how to treat your servants and, and slaves. Chapter 21, he also told them how you're supposed to, uh, how you're supposed to do with personal personal injury if someone gets injured. How you're supposed to uh, protect your property. He gave them rules about protecting their property. In chapter 22, he gave them a lot of so social responsibilities. Uh, some of the things he talked about, he, he talked about uh, the protection of a virgin he talked about uh, witches, or uh, one of the translations says sorcerers, uh, and told them that a, 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 witches should, a witches should not be allowed to live. Now, remember, this was in the Bible days. God didn't want us going out there trying to find any witches and doing anything horrible like that uh, because, you know, God is in control. Um, he talked about sexual relations with animals. That, that's forbidden. He talked about no sacrificing to, to other gods. He talked about how they're supposed to treat foreigners. Uh, you need to uh, treat foreigners right. Be kind to them. Because remember, you used to be a foreigner when you were in Egypt. He talked about how they're supposed to treat the widows and orphans. That they're supposed to be kind to them and don't mistreat them. Because God was going to come after them if they mistreated them. He talked about lending money to your fellow Israelite. That you were not supposed to charge interest. Talked about honoring God and, and offerings. How you're supposed to give your best. And he talked about how the firstborn, the firstborn belongs to God because remember um, the last plague in Egypt, the death of the firstborn. God spared the firstborn of Israel. So now he's claiming the firstborn for himself. And what does that mean? He didn't, he didn't uh, kill the firstborn, but they were supposed to be sacrificed to him. And in that sacrifice, they would use a lamb in their place. So they would go up and, and offer their, their child to him. And they would have a lamb to take the child's place and, of course, take the child back home because, of course, they're not trying to sacrifice their own children. And then there was in chapter 23, it talked about 
a lot of justice things and, and, and court matters uh, about not spreading false rumors. You know, if somebody tells you something, and, and how many of you know we, we're oftentimes so guilty of that. Um, it's just something about our human nature. When we hear something juicy, we just, we just want to tell somebody. Uh, I'm just as guilty. You know, um, I've heard something recently about a, um, a, a, a pastor and um, high profile pastor. I, you know, not that I believe it. I don't, I really don't, don't believe what was said. And, but I still felt the need to tell somebody else what I had heard. And just as I, I felt that this scripture came back to my mind about spreading false rumors. Now, now there's nothing that, that has confirmed this. You just heard this. Okay. You shouldn't be talking about it. If you, if it's not confirmed, then why would you go and even talk about it? So yeah, I got a whooping for that. And, uh, and maybe God's going to, you know, get you for that as well, because we should not be spreading false rumors. If it's not confirmed, don't repeat it. Don't repeat it. No false rumors. Don't allow the crowd, uh, don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. So, uh, and we talked about that, that you sometimes have to stand out from the crowd. You have to be the one that, uh, take a stand because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't care if everybody else is doing it. If God tells you no, then it's no, you're not going to do it. Return, um, return your enemy's property. Um, do justly in, in lawsuits. Don't charge uh, or sentence any person that's innocent. Don't take any bribes. Uh, he talked about how they're supposed to, uh, again, how they're supposed to treat foreigners. Um, then he talked about the Sabbath year, how you're supposed to plant for six years in the seventh year leave that ground, uh, don't plant anything the seventh year. And anything that grows up by itself in that seventh year, you're supposed to let the poor have that. Let them come and get that. And he said the same thing about our work days. He told us that we need to work for six days and the seventh day should be a day of rest. Because God knows us. He knows we need rest. Uh, he's uh, also talked to them strongly about don't call upon the name of any other gods. Don't even speak their names because God is a jealous God. Uh, some of the other things he gave him when we talked about the three feasts that he um, that he established. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Three feasts that they were supposed to start uh, observing every single year. And and what and what was those feasts? The Feast of Unleavened Bread was, was supposed to be a celebration of their exodus from Egypt. Because it was unleavened bread, they had to leave in hate. So it was reminding them about how you left Egypt. The Feast of Pentecost, it was 50 days later, celebrating the harvest of the first crops. So whatever your first crop is to celebrate that, they, they brought that in to the Lord, the first crops of the Lord. Then there was a Feast of Tabernacles to celebrate the final harvest and remember that they used to live in booths because all this journey that they're uh, going to be on, they're going to be in tents and living in, in living in booths. So this is the Feast of Tabernacles will remind them of how God protected them in the wilderness for all those years while they were living in booths. And all the men must appear before the Lord three times a year as noted. So, and, and when they saw the men, they were talking about, you know, their families went with them, uh, but they had to appear before God. And then God promised in chapter 23 that he was going to protect and guide them. He promised to bless them 
and that he will send terror before them to cause the enemies to panic when they hear the Israelites coming. Like, oh, you know, they, they would be fearful, in other words, of the Israelites. So that was all of the, um, from chapter 20 to 23, that basically that's summing up a lot of the instructions that God had given on, on top of the Ten Commandments. That this And this is what Moses wrote in his book of the covenant. Uh, just trying to make sure there's not anything else I wanted to mention, because I did jot down some notes here. Um, Moses did build, uh, well, he wrote down instructions, and he built an altar to sacrifice for the Lord. Now, keep in mind that these sacrifices, God is instituting these sacrifices, and he's, and we're going to show, see how the sacrifices are going to be spelled out in the, in the, in the, in Leviticus and the next books following. And God put these sacrifices in place because the sacrifices were supposed to cover you when you make a mistake. So look at the mercy of God because he knows the children of Israel are not going to keep all my commandments. They are not going to do everything perfectly because we have a sinful nature. God knows us. So he puts something in place so that they can sacrifice animals to cover them when they make a mistake. Amen. So that was the sacrificial of uh, why the sacrificial system was, in, was created to cover us until... The final and ultimate sacrifice was to come until Jesus Christ was to come into the world and, the, and do that one sacrifice once and forever. And there never need to be another sacrifice made because he did it forever for our sins, past, present, or future. Amen. Isn't that awesome? What Jesus has done for us. And you can read that in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 through 14 about the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made once for all men. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure we covered everything before. We talked about the book of, book of the covenant. So when you read that, I want you to know what is the book of the covenant. That's everything God said from chapter 20 to 23. We mentioned that. Uh, we also have... Well, when we, when we accepted Christ, this is one of the notes I wrote down, and when we accepted Christ, we became in covenant with the Lord. So once I said yes to Jesus, once you said yes to Jesus, you are in covenant with him. And Christ becomes our Passover lamb. Now, he's a Passover lamb for the whole world, but how many people know you have to accept it? You have to say yes to him. You have to accept him into your heart. So it's there. He's there for everybody, but everybody's not going to accept it. But for all those that will, he becomes our Passover lamb. And he and it's, it's, it's like the, the blood is on our doorpost as a Passover lamb. Protection is on our house. He's our keeper. He's our healer. He's our everything because we said yes to him. Amen. And we're also sealed once you say yes to Jesus. In Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're sealed. He has sealed us. He's marked us. We belong to him. Amen. And he's going to get us there. As the scripture says, God that works in you, the will and the do of his good pleasure. He's going to get us there. He's going to put in us a will to do what he wants us to do. Amen.
Amen. So, um, in the Bible, when a covenant was made, they sealed it and celebrated it with a meal. We kind of talked about that briefly. Uh, a covenant between Jacob and Laban. The meal symbolized peace and mutual acceptance when they had that meal. And this is what the 70 elders did on the mountain in the presence of God, along with Moses, Aaron, uh, Nadab, and Abihu. They had a covenant meal to seal this, this uh, Mosaic covenant that, that was just uh, put in place. Jesus also ate the new covenant meal with his disciples. He said, this is, this is new covenant in my blood. You know, uh, Matthew 26, verse 21 through 28. Read that because he, he, he instituted a new covenant. His blood that was shared for us, his body that was broken for us. And he told us to do that in remembrance of him. Whenever we do it, just remember what he did for us. Amen. We will also participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And you find that in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7 through 9. And what is the marriage supper, supper of the Lamb? It's going to be a celebration of the union between us and Christ. Amen. Because we are going to be made one with him. We are one with him, but we're going to be finally totally and completely one with him. We talked about Joshua being trained and about Moses being on the mountain. Now, remember the people from the bottom, they could see the when Moses was up there talking to God, they just saw it as a fire. And if you look in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, it said, our God is a consuming fire. And how is God a consuming fire? He's a consuming fire because God loves us and he's not going to let us stay the way we are. When you come to him, you're going to change. He's going to mold and make you and bring forth situations that are going to change you into his image. Amen. And thank God that he's a consuming fire. He loves us enough that he's not going to allow us to stay uh, the way we are. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stop there. Uh, if you have not accepted Christ into your heart, please go to my YouTube channel called Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. And on there, you're going to find a playlist. Uh, playlist and it's uh, titled The Sinner's Prayer that's going to lead you to Christ. And also there's a uh, another tape on there called Teaching About Salvation, which will give you all the scriptures about your salvation. Amen. So in 2024, let's make let's start off new. Let's make this a new year. And we don't have to be the same as we were in 2023. I'm talking about the negative part. The positive part, we can. But anything that was bad or negative, you got a fresh start. You got a new mercy. This is a new year. Don't even look back. Just get up, dust yourself off, and get to running for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's just close in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for the newness of life. I thank you for everyone listening. Father, I thank you for the call that you've placed on our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to answer that call. Show us who you are. Father, and teach us how to walk in your ways. And we'll be careful to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.